attention now, please. I think we'll start again. Good morning, boys and girls. First of all, that I have to uh, announce. First of all, this coming Tuesday, there is a guild meeting at half past seven, and uh, I would like to draw your attention to this AGN meeting, and they will be discussing all the guild projects which have happened over the next three years, and also to be discussing the future of the guild here at Balhelby. So it is important that there is a good attendance this Tuesday. Next Sunday, the 23rd, we're having a celebration service and celebration morning, if you like. It's to celebrate the completion of all the development work that happened over the last five years here in, on the campus. We had the extra storage here in the Forsyth Hall the car park across the road, all the front changes in the church, in the chancel area, and culminating, of course, in the annex uh, here. And uh, there hasn't been any real uh, marking of the occasion that all this has been completed. And so we're going to do that next Sunday with a special celebration service at 11 o'clock. And then afterwards, everyone will be invited across and there will be a cutting of the ribbon and an official opening. If you want to know who is opening the, and cutting the ribbon, then make sure you come along next. <laughs> and then there'll be an opportunity to wander around all the spaces and the rooms and there will be people to give you some information and it will finish up with some lovely teas, coffees, and fine pieces. The, on the 5th of November, in the afternoon, there is the Bruce Davies concert from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, and tickets are now available from any member of the social committee. And two weeks after that, there is the Christmas Fair on the 19th of November, and the Christmas Fair is from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, but you'll hear plenty more about that before then. I would love to draw attention to the elders that the magazine, which is a double edition, Autumn and Winter, is now available for collection in the office in the Forsyth Hall, and also the annual commitment cards, 
and it would be great if you could collect them and get them issued as soon as possible. Finally, we have to recognise that uh, there was a birthday uh, celebrated just yesterday, and that was Meg Duncan. I don't know if there are any other birthdays that have happened, just the only one, so we'll just all now make sure that we have uh, acknowledged that uh, occasion, so we'll sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Meg, happy birthday to you. Let us now begin our worship this morning. And we're going to start off our worship by singing two hymns, just one after the other. And the uh, one is, Lord, I lift your name on high. And we'll sing it through twice, and then we'll follow that with, uh, Today I Away.
and be glad in it. Lord God, you lovingly created each one of us. As we gather to worship you today, fill our hearts with wonder and our mouths with praise of the wonderful world you have made. Help us to live in such a way that we care for your creation, marvel at its beauty, and share its resources. To the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom and for whom all things were created. Giving God, we receive so much from you and therefore have much to give. Help us to share in the blessings of giving as well as the happiness of receiving, that your love may be more widely shared through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now let's join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, <coughs>
things in the world is simple advice. What about secrets? Now that's something you may feel, oh, I want to keep that to myself. Or you want to share that with only your very closest and dearest. But we do share secrets. How often have we said, when passing on a secret, mind, don't tell anybody what I've just told you. Now, I'm going to get you people to, uh, at your tables, discuss with each other one simple question. And the question is, what do you find the hardest to share? So I want you to discuss that amongst yourselves, and you have three minutes, and then I'll ask for some feedback. I have to break into your discussions because your time is up. And I would be interested in hearing some responses to the questions. So would anyone like to start off by letting us know what is the hardest thing you find to share? Uh, keep it to ourselves. 
So, a crest, what do you want? <laughs> A long way out in the deep blue sea there lived a fish. Not just an ordinary fish, but the most beautiful fish in the entire ocean. His scales were every shade of blue and green and purple with sparkling silver scales among them. The other fish were amazed at his beauty. They called him Rainbow Fish. Come on, Rainbow Fish, they would call. Come and play with us. But the Rainbow Fish would just glide past, proud and silent, letting his scales shimmer. One day, a little blue fish followed after him. Rainbow Fish, he called, wait for me. Please give me one of your shiny scales. They're so wonderful and you have so many. You want me to give you one of my special scales? Who do you think you are? cried Rainbow Fish. Get away from me. Shocked, the little blue fish swam away. He was so upset. He told all his friends what had happened. From then on, no one would have anything to do with the Rainbow Fish. They turned away when he swam by. What good! with the dazzling, shimmering scales with no one to admire them. Now he was the loneliest fish in the entire ocean. One day he poured out his troubles to the starfish. I really am beautiful, 
Why doesn't anybody like me? I can't answer that for you, said the starfish, but if you go beyond the coral reef to a deep cave, you will find the wise octopus. Maybe she can help you. The rainbow fish found the cave. It was very dark inside and he couldn't see anything. Then suddenly two eyes caught him in their glare and the octopus emerged from the darkness. I've been waiting for you, said the octopus with a deep voice. The waves have told me your story. This is my advice. Give a glittering scale to each of the other fish. You will no longer be the most beautiful fish in the sea, but you will discover how to be happy. I, I can't, the rainbow fish started to say, but the octopus had already disappeared into a dark cloud of ink. Give away my scales, my beautiful shining scales. Never, how could I ever be happy without them? Suddenly, he felt the light touch of a fin. The little blue fish was back. Rainbow fish, please, don't be angry. I just want one little scale. The rainbow fish wavered. Only one very, very small shimmery scale, he thought. Well, maybe I wouldn't miss just one. Carefully, the rainbow fish pulled out the smallest scale and gave it to the little fish. Thank you! Thank you very much! The little blue fish bubbled playfully as he tucked the shiny scale in among his blue ones. A rather peculiar feeling came over the rainbow fish. For a long time, he watched the little blue fish swim back and forth with his new scale glittering in the water. The little blue fish whizzed through the ocean with his scale flashing. So it didn't take long before the rainbow fish was surrounded by the other fish. Everyone wanted a glittering scale. The rainbow fish shared his scales left and right. And the more he gave away, the more delighted he became. When the water around him filled with glimmering scales, he at last felt at home among the other fish. Finally, the rainbow fish had only one shining scale left. His most prized possessions had been given away, yet he was very happy. Come on, rainbow fish, they called. Come and play with us. Here I come, said rainbow fish, and happy as a splash, he swam off to join his friends. I want you all again again to discuss at your tables this question here as a result of seeing the video and the question is oh I don't think the question is on a slide this time so the question is what changed because a rainbow fish shared his scales what changed because rainbow fish shared his scales and that's for everyone to discuss and boys and girls you can now come out and get your Halloween chocolate scary chocolate Yeah. <laughs>
Would anyone like to offer an answer to the question that we've just been the Alistair. 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 Sorry. No, no, no. 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 Yes, All oh, right. No, no. I just came up. There was a word came up the other week that I heard on the radio, and it was called felicity. I don't know if you hear Alistair, but he said a word in the radio cropped up recently. Con felicity. Con felicity. Go on. And that's what the fish experience. And that's what the fish experience. Could you explain that? It's the. It's the. The pleasure at someone else's happiness. Confelicity. The pleasure at someone else's happiness. He's actually reading that off his Google. Yes, Carl. What are you trying to say? He became more delighted. He became more delighted. Yes, he was much happier because. The, the other fishes were ignoring him and they weren't liking him. Yes, Andy? Very good, yes. Much less search, less self-centered. Crikey, I could hardly say that. <laughs> yes, Stella? He had more friends. Yes, far more friends after he started sharing what he possessed with others very much. And Anthony, this is the final response. Right, then that's bringing this part of the service to our close. <laughs> verses 1 to 9, the parable of the shrewd manager. And Pat Ford is going to read it for us. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be managed any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to take, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than they are the people of the light. I tell you, use 
worth your wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Amen. Thank you, Pat. And we'll now have our uh, teas and coffees just now. And I can tell you I'm so delighted that Paul has come back. <laughs>
And Toby's doing well for himself by the looks of things. Stays in the best part of town. Drives a Ferrari, where you might more reasonably expect him to be driving a Beamer, or maybe a Merc. And things are going very well. Until somebody decides to rat him out to Elon. Are you keeping an eye on this guy, Jimmy? Elon. It looks like he's living the high life on the back of your money. And that's exactly what he has been doing. Whatever people owed Elon, Jimmy's found ways to add 20, 30, 40% to the figure and quietly line his own pockets with the difference. So when Elon summons him to head office, demands a full audit of the books and tells him that his managerial career is on a surely peg, Jimmy downshifts into self-preservation mode and gets straight to work. If he's pushed out the exit door, he's going to need friends. So he goes to all the people who owe Elon something, wipes his own commission off the slate, making that look like an act of great generosity, and for once in his life, he actually charges them what they're due to pay. And naturally, they're all delighted. They're paying far less than they thought they would have to, and they settle up then and there. Good old Jimmy. And despite himself, Elon's kind of pleased too, because all of a sudden, all these outstanding debts are getting settled very quickly. And it's always nice to see the coffers filling up, even if it's only because you had to put the frighteners on the man who was your supposed right-hand man. Now, Elon's no mug. He has a good idea of what Jimmy's been up to, but he also knows that Jimmy is the only one losing out financially in this mop-up operation, Elon's getting what's owed to him, his debtors are only paying what they should have been paying in the first place, it's Jimmy who's taken the hit, missing out on all the profits that he would have made by inflating prices. But Elon's smart enough to have a grudging respect for how he's played this. Because even though Jimmy's losing out financially, he's gaining capital in terms of relationships. He would be able to dine out every night of the week in this town now because all the debtors think he's a great guy for slashing their bills. In a way, he's just like the rainbow fish. He's given away most of his shiny scales, but everyone that he's given them to appreciates it and wants to be his friend. And, thinks Elon, who knows what the knock-on might be for business once the word gets round about this grand gesture. Jimmy's got to be flavour of the month. Maybe it might be worth keeping him on staff after all. Now we can get all tangled up in all kinds of knots as we try to get to the, the heart of this parable, what it means. And on one level, when we read it, it looks like God is approving of dishonesty or greed, which we know wouldn't make sense. But the point that Jesus is making is that Jimmy is using the resources that he has shrewdly to make friends for himself. And we as followers of Jesus need to be smart in exactly the same way, but for better reasons. We need to use the resources that we have, not to feather our own nests, but to build relationships, to bless the world in God's name, and so to help further the kingdom of God. And we need to be shrewd and intentional about how we do that. It's been 15 years since we launched our Right Christmas campaign, and although that's taken a back seat 
for a few years now, we managed to raise, getting on for £40,000 to give away to different projects at Christmas time, not to mention all the other charitable giving that we do here in our congregation. And that's an amazing thing for a small country congregation to be able to say, we're raising this money for the express purpose of blessing other people and not ourselves, and that's very much at the heart of what we try to do through Right Christmas. Give away finance. We can also share our time as a resource. Just last Sunday we were thinking about the amazing amount of volunteering that goes into even a fairly ordinary Sunday service, and I'm conscious of that today with Alan and others helping out while I've had to be away. Many people in the life of our congregation share their time for the good of all, and some go the extra mile and volunteer in community groups as well, which widens the influence that we have as a congregation and helps to build up our network of relationships. We can give our time, we can give our money, we can give our trust. Trust is a resource that we can share. Although there's no doubt that we take a risk when we do reach out in trust. Rob Bell tells a story about a woman from his church who was sitting outside her home in Detroit and she saw a woman that she recognised pushing, pushing a, a shopping trolley full of clothes and kitchen equipment down the street and she asked her what she was doing and the trolley lady explained that she was moving to a new flat just a few blocks away but her car had broken down that morning and she was having to do it on foot. And they talked long enough for the woman to be sure of her story and when she was convinced she said look, here's my car, here's the keys, you are welcome to borrow them, just bring them back when you're finished. You can do that in America because of the way they do car insurance. But at the end of the day, the trolley lady brought the car back as planned and as she handed over the keys, she looked her new friend in the eye and she said, nobody has ever trusted me like that before. Nobody. It's a simple act of trust, but what an impact it made on that lady that day. And it's not only those who have plenty who can bless others by sharing what they have. I read a story a while ago about an aid worker who knew of a family in especially difficult circumstances and they managed to get them a bag of rice and the mother of the family was profoundly grateful. But as soon as she got the bag, she opened it, she split it in half and she took that half next door to her neighbours. She said, I know those people have nothing to eat either. And what makes that story all the more remarkable in those straightened circumstances is that this happened when India was being partitioned and the first lady was a Hindu and the second lady was a Muslim, the very people who were at each other's throats in that situation. And she probably didn't know it, but in showing generosity to someone who could even have been her enemy, that woman was very much acting in accord with the Spirit of Christ. We live in a world which positively encourages us to put ourselves first at all costs, to amass as much as we can in the great game of life, and to hear any suggestion that we might benefit from sharing what we have as nonsense. That's just nonsense, people think. The gospel of Jesus, who shares his presence, his body and blood, his spirit, and his victory, with all who will receive it. The Gospel tells us otherwise. In the Gospel, Jesus tells us a truth that can only really be discovered in the living of it. The more of ourselves we give away, 
the richer we are in the things that really matter. Amen. Would you join me now in prayer as we make our prayers for others? Heavenly Father, with gratitude in our hearts for your kindness to us, we pray for your church. And we ask that you would help it to become an open and a generous place, alive with your love and compassion, and free from everything that's unworthy of you. We pray for our world. We ask that those in power might govern wisely with just laws and a sense of vision that reflects the best of human nature. We long for peace and mutual respect in every community throughout the world and we continue to remember the ongoing war in Ukraine and all who are caught up in it, praying for an end to this needless aggression and violence. Father, we pray for our homes and ask that you might be at home there too. Help us learn to show love, not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. So we're ready to put ourselves out for others, to listen with full attention and to genuinely value one another. We pray for those who've been neglected or spurned by society, and we ask that they might know your love and acceptance of them. We remember those in pain and distress, asking that they might be comforted and find relief. And we pray for those we know who are dying, may they find peace in your promise, in your presence, and in your power to save. Good Father, we ask you to hear these and all our silent prayers, because we ask them all in the name of your Son, our friend, and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, boys and girls, you've been working really hard. You've done so well today. Thank you for all that you've done and created during the service. Has anybody got anything they want to show us? Anybody want to come up and show us anything that they've made? And here we come. Don't be shy. If you've got stuff to show us, come and bring it up. Andy, brilliant. Right, what do you need, Andy? This money post box thing. This money purse box thing to give it its post box money post box, and it says God loves a cheerful giver. Excellent. So you can put your pennies in there, and you can give them away to something that you really want to support. Some kind of to put your spirit. Yes, Sarah, lovely to see you. What have you done? You've done right. You've done a word search. You've been looking for some words. Well done, you. And what's in the back? A hand? Is that your hand? So you can give yourself a five high. Excellent. Hello. Thanks, Hila. Anybody else want to show us it? Carl, let you go. What have you done? You've drawn a volcano. Must have missed that bit in the Bible verse, but that's okay. Excellent. Excellent. And you are, you yourself, like a volcano full of energy and feminine verbs. That's brilliant. That's a great picture. Thank you. Well done. Anyone else want to show us something they've worked on this morning? No? Oh, you're so shy. In the weeks ahead, you'll get better at this one. You'll come out and show us your stuff. But thank you. Give them a big round of applause. And just while we're doing thank yous again, a thank you to Alan um, for playing this morning, for hosting, and uh, everyone else who's been involved in the service today. And a big thank you to those who baked and to those who served. Give them a round of applause. Start listening volunteers where you stop, but thanks to Ali for helping and Ronan and helping and Alec for setting out the tables. And you know who you are. Thank you. We're going to end this morning uh, with one more hymn. 
and it's number 250, sent by the Lord am I. And we'll sing this one through twice.